welcome to the Christian Sexuality Podcast. This podcast is based on the Christian Sexuality Series, a 12-part video-based discipleship experience that seeks to help youth leaders, mentors, and parents engage their youth in important conversations around sex, sexuality, and gender. Today, we will be hearing a personal testimony from Heather Scriba. Here's Heather. I grew up in a Christian home. Um, My dad was primarily Catholic. My mom was Protestant. And when they got divorced in when I was in second grade, um, I ended up going from Catholic church to Protestant church. And for me, that was really confusing because I was getting different messages about who God was, who Jesus was, what the point of all of this religious stuff was anyway. And in that time, too, my relationship with my dad was really, really difficult. Um, Like, he was verbally and emotionally um, and at times physically abusive. And I projected all of that lack of, like, love and safety onto God, too. And I figured, like, God, like, if you love me, why are you letting my parents do this? Like, why are you letting my family be this way when, like, you're supposed to be a God of love? My dad had this really narrow view of what gender and sexuality were supposed to look like. He said that women should like to cook, like to wear dresses, um, have like long hair, earrings, and love to wear makeup. And I like to wear camouflage, play with my brother's G.I. Joes, and make his friends cry. Um, So it was just we had these really conflicting messages, and we never saw eye to eye on it. And in the tension of like the dysfunction at my home, Um, It caused a lot of fights and a lot of, um, just a lot of outrage on his part. And I could see that he was really disappointed that I wasn't this girly girl daughter that he wanted. Um, And when we would have moments of tension about it, he would look at me and say, you know, I always wanted a daddy's girl as a daughter. And so in hindsight, I realized that what my heart took that to mean was I was not the daughter he wanted. And somehow my femininity was hard to be around and it was bringing people pain. So somehow I was defective as a woman and not good enough and could never measure up to like these standards of femininity. And so that caused me to develop a lot of, a lot of social anxiety, a lot of insecurity, um, and just a, like a lot of self-hatred. And I was too insecure to want to be comfortable to be comfortable around other people and I hated myself too much to feel comfortable being alone by myself so I lived in this constant inner tension of just feeling like I was always with somebody that I really didn't like Um, so fast forward to college I ended up going to University of Michigan with no intention of um, pursuing anything to do with God because I was thinking, I'm at this really big progressive university. I can leave all of this religious baggage behind and I can go be someone that I finally finally get to be without any, anyone having any assumptions about me because of my past. However, God had different plans, and on my first day of classes, um, someone from a campus ministry uh, handed out a survey and just said, do you want a free discount card if you fill out this survey? And my thought was I was a poor college kid, so of course I did. And the questions on it were simply like, do you want a personal relationship with God? Are you interested in a Bible study? And I think I said maybe, but that was enough to have someone reach out to me um, and invite me to a Bible study and to a campus gathering with other or with believers um, who are new to campus too. And for six weeks, I made excuses. I said, I have to like, I have homework or I have classes or I have to work. 
but they kept pursuing me and kept trying to engage me um, and engage me in faith. So finally, when I ran out of excuses, um, I went and I remember the message that I heard was called the music of the gospel. And the premise of it was that if you're dancing without music, it's exhausting. And you start asking questions like, why am I even doing this? Like, these people look really weird. Why do I want to do this with them? But if you hear the music of the gospel, dancing becomes fun. It becomes something that you want to invite other people into, and it begins, becomes something that brings joy and brings life. And I realized at that moment that they had a version of God that I had never experienced before. And whatever version of God they had, I wanted that. And so at fall of my freshman year of college, I decided that I wanted to trust Jesus. And so I became a Christian and realized that I needed God's love in my life. I needed a savior and I needed all of the things that come with the gospel. But it also started bringing up more questions in me. Um, I started asking apologetic, like head level questions. So why do good things happen to bad people? Why do bad things happen to good people? How does the Bible explain dinosaurs? And then also the heart level questions that were roadblocks for me too. Like, why did God let my childhood be so difficult? Why did he let me have parents who were abusive and emotionally detached? Um, and I got really stuck on LGBT topics in the Bible. Um, it was really hard for me to understand how a loving God could say that two people loving each other was not okay. It felt arbitrary and I figured, well, if, if you're God, then you could just change your mind. Like you made everything. Like, I don't understand what the big deal is. And it was in asking those questions and in processing that, I realized that I had personal stake in the game. At U, U of M, I started to develop a vocabulary to talk about um, what I had experienced as a kid with like being attracted to other women and really just feeling drawn to the LGBT community but not knowing why or how to even put words to that. And so being in this um, more like open setting allowed me to finally um, have vocab to talk about it. And as I talked about it with my friends, it, like my Christian friends, um, they were fine with me wrestling, it on a, wrestling with it on a head level. But the second it became something that had to do with like my sexuality or my behavior or my relationships, it was instantly shut down. And that communicated to me that wow, these people are not safe to discuss these really vulnerable things with. Like somehow I need to put up barriers and find other people to talk to because this conversation keeps getting shut down. And I just need a space to be heard because this is the first time I'm talking about this with anybody. So I ended up opening up to a lot of um, just other friends that I'd met in school and some of my classes at work and started talking to them about like being attracted to women and not knowing what to do with that. And the messages that I got from them were so much different than the messages that I got from the church. They started talking about how like that's something to be celebrated and they love me how I am and there's no shame that needs to be attached to that. Like on a soul level, people are motivated by three things. How do I get rid of my shame? Where do I belong? And who am I? And opening up to people who weren't shaming me for that, who gave me an identity that had to do with my sexuality and accepted me despite it, um, it answered all of those really deep questions that I had been asking. And so I noticed myself just distancing anything to do with sexuality from my Christian friends and really just finding that community elsewhere. And so fast forwarding again, um, the summer before my senior year of college, 
Um, I was, I hadn't come out yet. I was still processing and thinking through what I wanted to do with my sexuality and wrestling with God in, in some big ways. And I felt and noticed and saw my mental health start to decline. I was experiencing a lot of anxiety and depression. I was thinking about, I had suicidal thoughts. I wasn't to the point where I was, would act on them, but I had reached this point where I was calling into work every day. Um, I couldn't get myself out of bed and like my life just shut down. And I realized that I felt like the person who I was supposed to be was forced to be shut down, was forced to be silent, and was forced to live this like inauthentic life because the people that I wanted to be close to weren't willing to be close to me in those ways. They weren't willing to have those hard conversations just about what it feels like or what it, just to sit with me in the discomfort of not knowing what I'm gonna do with like this core part of my identity. So that summer, um, I decided that I was gonna come out and I came out as gay for three-ish months and it helped a lot. Like I felt like this weight lift off my shoulders and I was able to show up to parts of my life all over again. Um, and I just felt like this sense of relief. But the, after a few months, I realized that it wasn't the full picture. And in working through and thinking through a lot of the resentments and just pain that I had experienced as a result of my sexuality, it shifted to be thinking about my gender. And it opened up this conversation between me and my friends about feeling really insecure as a woman, feeling like I don't belong in my body, feeling like I um, just am so out of place and just am really drawn to masculinity. Like it wasn't just being a tomboy. It was, I want to reject everything that it means to be a woman. And I want to be accepted into the, like into the world of like masculinity. Like that's, that feels more like who I am than anything I had ever like connected to femininity. Um, and so I, in those conversations with my friends, they, they ended up saying like, like this is, 2015 at the time, like you have the ability to choose, like you're not confined to this, like this um, prescriptive definition of your identity. Like you can choose who you want to be. And if who you want to be is a guy, like you can do that. And it just felt like this, like these chains had fallen off my wrist. Like I have some, like I have some level of autonomy in this. Like I'm not captive to the things that are making me struggle. So I decided that since um, I coming out in regards to sexuality was only, it only solved about half the problem. Um, internally, I was going to start um, exploring different gender identities. So fall of my senior year of college, um, I decided that I was gonna go to class and introduce myself as Jamie, use male pronouns and um, change my wardrobe and start uh, dressing more in more masculine clothing. Because I had always been a tomboy, but that summer leading up to it, I had this one last dramatic push towards femininity where I'd never worn dresses, I'd never liked them, but I was trying to like overcorrect and I ended up only wearing dresses and trying to wear makeup and jewelry and just feeling more and more ten inner tension as a result of that. Um, like if I can just like desensitize myself to these things, somehow this like inner distress is gonna go away. Um, but it only made it worse. So after I started introducing myself as Jamie, um, I instantly felt this, this sense of relief. Like I don't, the change wasn't overnight, but it was so quick that it, I can't attribute it to anything else. Like I instantly felt like at ease in my body. Like I held myself in a way that was more confident. 
Um, I was able to get off my antidepressants and I was able to just have this side of my personality come out that I had been too ashamed of to show. Like I was more outgoing, I was more playful. I was able to engage people in a way that I had always been too anxious or insecure to do so before. And I thought like, wow, like God, this, this is what I've been looking for. Like this is, this is, this is it. And if some, for some reason, if you don't think that this is it, please just like close all the doors that you can and I'll go back to living as Heather. But if this for some reason could be something from you, like, please like let me try. And I remember like Googling, like, can I be trans and Christian? Can I not be trans and Christian? And trying to find all of these arguments to back up, um, back up my perspective. And at the end of the day, I realized, like, I can find arguments to back up anything that I'm going to do. But I know that my mental health is suffering. I hate myself as Heather, and this is offering me some sort of relief. So this is this is the option. It's not only the best option; it is the only option. I decided that I wanted to um, start looking into having, taking hormones. Um, and so I reached out to an endocrinologist and what should have taken me like three months to, to have an appointment for, it took me six weeks. And I took that as affirmation, like, okay, like this is, this is way easier than it should be. And so I ended up starting on hormones and that relief that I felt just from changing my name gen- or pronouns and, and clothing just continued to, to magnify exponentially. My voice dropped and I felt like things in my body changed, like muscle mass uh, shifted, body fat distribution shifted, and I just began to feel more and more comfortable. Like I am finally like starting to look in the mirror and not cringe at who I see. Like I see this person and I can actually say like, wow, I really like who I see. Like this person is is fun. This person is special. This person is lovable. Um, this person has a community, and this person belongs. And I I started to really enjoy my life as Jamie in a way that I never enjoyed my life as Heather before. I continued down the road of I changed my uh, gender marker legally. I changed my name legally. And the last step that I felt like I needed to do to to be at ease in my body was to pursue top surgery. I had an appointment scheduled to um, just go over the logistics of it and to meet with a surgeon and to see um, what what the recovery process looked like. And as I started taking steps to make this decision more concrete, I started to feel like this uncertainty of like, this, this is where things become really serious. Like I can live with my voice dropping. I can live with um, like having shorter hair or wearing more masculine clothing and not feel the same sense of nerves about it. But like having top surgery is, is the thing that cannot be undone and the thing that affects my future more than, more than anything else that I've done so far. And I decided that it, the nerves were coming from a place of I'm making a very permanent decision, not from a, is this the right decision for me? Um, I was just, I thought I was just scared of the commitment that came along with it. So I ended up having top surgery in February of 2017, 2016. And I remember the first time that I looked down and saw my new chest, I just felt this sinking despair of this is not what I wanted this to look like. This is not, this is not doing what it was supposed to do. Like I was hoping for soul level satisfaction and this is just surface level. Um, and I think so often for trans guys, the like top surgery is the thing that's going to make all of your other problems go away. And for me, it just made me aware of how much deeper these problems were. 
I noticed my dysphoria shifting to non-gendered parts of my body. So I really started hating like my legs and my stomach and my arms. And I started obsessively exercising and I developed a dis- uh, an eating disorder or at least disordered eating. And I would go out and just drink and um, just try and avoid as much as I could through like going out and having fun with my friends. So I didn't have to deal with like the confusion and pain over what I was trying to process through. And eventually with uh, my eating disorder and my like unhealthy exercise habits, I realized that I was trying to achieve this ideal standard of a body. Like if I can somehow make my body look a certain way, then I won't hate myself anymore. Then when my body is perfect, I will finally have some level of self-acceptance that makes me like who I am. And I realized with my dysphoria shifting that like this, this is just a much deeper self-hatred. Like this is not a hatred of my gender. This is a hatred of who I am at the core of my being. And at the end of the day, after surgery and all of the name changes, like I'm still stuck with myself. And once the dust settled from socially transitioning, so everyone knew me as Jamie, I had done all of the steps and I had finally done all of the big, like big mile markers in transitioning. I realized like I didn't address the problem that was going on in my heart. I addressed parts of it and I don't want to minimize the relief that I experienced because what I felt actually was positive change for a while. Like I was able to get off my antidepressants and I was able to be present in my life in a way that I had never been before. But at the end of the day, there still was this this ache in my heart longing for more. So that opened up my heart to start looking to God again. I thought like, okay, the the answer that I'd gotten from from my non-Christian friends didn't work. I took it as far as I could take it and it didn't work. So now I'm going to try Christianity again because you hit rock bottom when you stop digging and I was really tired of digging. So I emailed some churches in the Ann Arbor area and I just said, hey, I'm a trans guy. I want to be part of the children's ministry. I want to play on the worship team and I want to be part of a life group. Can I do that? And a lot of churches were really freaked out, but there was one in particular that responded and said, hey, we would love to have you part of our family. Most people believe that if you're born female, you should identify as a woman but we're all just in this journey trying to love Jesus together and welcome. Like we want to work with you. We want to just like love on you and we want you to be part of our family. And I was ready to go in and be offended and they gave me no opportunity to do so. Instead, they just constantly were building me up and telling me how loved I was and how accepted I was. And there was no prescriptive end goal like of six months down the road, you have to promise us you're going to go live as Heather again. It was just, we just love you and you have value as a trans guy that our community needs. Like there is part of, like we are not complete without the value that you add. And it was the first experience with Christianity that felt really safe and that had no strings attached. Like I was somehow able to bring value with all of this baggage, with all of my questions, with all of my pain, they still saw something in me that was lovable. And that inspired me to start reaching out or like looking up information about like biblical, biblical gender, essentially. Like, what does it actually mean to be a man? What does it mean to be a woman? Like, what are the things that our culture puts a lot of weight on versus what are the things that actually matter? And I was reading online this article from a ministry that said, like, a core desire of a woman's heart is to be delighted in. And I remember that just resonated so deeply with me. But at the same time, I thought, 
oh, like, I don't want to identify with that, but somehow I do. And that makes this so much more serious, like so much more worth digging into. Like my heart has been starved of this love and delight that it so longs for, that all of us as humans long for. And I realized that even as Jamie, like I wasn't being delighted in, in the way that my heart needed. And in that time, um, I had applied to law school and I'd gotten a full ride to this law, to a law school in Detroit. And the day before I was supposed to accept the scholarship, um, I heard God say, turn, turn down the scholarship. And I was getting used to hearing God's voice again. So I was confident that it was him. But at the same time, I thought that was crazy. But I turned it down. And the next day, God said, why are you settling for your brokenness? And I, that question just like hit me so deeply. Like, I am settling for something less than, than what's best for me. Like I'm settling for this part of my heart that's wounded when I could be having something so much more. And then he followed it up with another question. And he asked like, don't you know that I offer wholeness? And I just remember saying like, God, no, like I don't believe that you actually offer wholeness and I'm gonna need you to prove that to me. So after I turned down the scholarship, uh, God asked me to go to this women's conference from the ministry that I had been reading, um, like reading info from. And I was like, again, like, oh, that's crazy. Like this is a women's conference. I'm a trans guy. I'm not going to bunk up with 12 women and have it be really awkward. But he said to reach out to the women's ministry, and I emailed them, and I said, hey, I'm a trans guy. Um, I would love to come to your women's conference. I feel like God is asking me to go. Like, what do you say? And they responded just so sweetly. They said, like, we would love to have you part of this, like, as Jamie. Um, we will give you your own room at no extra charge. Um, we will do whatever we can do to remove barriers and to reduce the white noise, because clearly God is doing something in your heart, and we want to make space for that. And I had no excuses not to go to this women's conference, just like I had no excuses to go to church. And I, the most impactful thing at that women's conference was a message called Your New Name. And the premise of it was that we receive names um, based off of our wounds. So mine were like defective femininity, hard to love, pain bringer. And in the response time after the message, the name that I got from God was Daddy's Girl. And that flipped that wound from my dad on its head. And I... I just, I think I cried for like three days. Um, like it was exactly what my heart needed to hear. Like all of the clothing, all of the names, all of the pronouns aside, like I was my daddy's girl and he delighted in me simply because I existed. Before I did anything, before I messed up, before I did any uh, anything that was good, he just delighted in me. And I knew in that moment that, okay, I'm supposed to go back to living as Heather, but I'm not going to... I can't go back to that prescriptive femininity. And I never felt God prioritize my clothing or my um, hair or what, anything, that I, anything external. All of that was secondary to him. What I felt he was prioritizing was me understanding that the fact that I am a woman is defined by the fact that he calls me his daughter. Like my femininity resides in the fact that I'm my daddy's girl, nothing else. He didn't tell me to change what I was wearing. Like I still, still wore men's clothing for months after that. But it was a posture shift in my heart of, I can begin to hear good things from God about myself as Heather, as this person that I hated, as this person that I tried to never have to interact with again. Like I could hear good things about her and I could begin to love her. And so after that, it was just this whirlwind of 
beginning to undo the things that I had done as Jamie and a lot of grief and compassion for myself. Like I had to write a letter of amends from Jamie to Heather, apologizing for the ways that, that I had changed my body, thinking that it was out of love, because I do believe that I, I, those things were an act of self-love, but not recognizing the full scope of everything that was happening. Like I had to tell myself, like I see how you laugh off having top surgery about like how it makes running easier, but I see how the, that laughter is just covering up this pain beneath it. If somehow I managed to make myself fit cultural femininity even less. But it gave me space to grieve and to just re reorient myself towards God and to understand like the most important thing is my heart posture towards femininity, my heart posture towards myself and how God bestows my value and my worth simply just because he's brought me into his family, nothing else. So learning how to be a woman is still a daily battle. Like I still, I still experience gender dysphoria, um, but just the ways that I've learned to cope with it are different. Like I know that it, I found people who are safe. Like I've started um, building a community that is willing to sit with me in the pain of having too much anxiety that I can't wear a dress outside of my house, but dresses aren't what make me feminine. And so that stuff just carries less weight now because I know that I am delighted in as I am without anything on top of that, just the fact that I'm his daughter. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Christian Sexuality Podcast. Be sure to visit www.christian-sexuality.com to learn more about the video resource that this podcast is based on.